You're listening to the Liverpool Comedy Quota, the only EU-ratified comedy podcast in the city. I'm your host, Shay Burnley, celebrating 30 years since the specials released their number one hit, Ghost Town, in 1981. At the time of unpopular Tory rule, high unemployment and looming strikes, we still hope to deliver a decent show and see if there's any similarities between now and then. The Liverpool Comedy Quota, by our reckoning it's three weeks until the riots kick off. But before we pray that it doesn't take 11 years for the country to cotton on, here is your quota of news. Hello, I'm Nino Nino, and this is your quota of news. For the first time in the church's history, openly gay people may be allowed to serve as bishops in the Church of England. A spokesperson for an LBGT group seemed very excited about the prospect, but was extremely busy becoming a bishop. According to his swift statement made on the comedy quota, he said, Great news, moustache, I'm nearly touching cloth. 29 has been named the perfect age for a woman to have a baby according to financial and physical conditions. It's also double the age for guests on The Jeremy Kyle Show. As any innocent man would do, FIFA Vice President Jack Warner has resigned from his post in the organisation. As a result of this, the investigation into bribery allegations has been closed and Warner is presumed innocent. This news comes too late for Ryan Giggs, who, had he known such a defence was available, would have retired in January. I'm Nino Nino, and that was your quota of news. Thank you, Nino. Coming up in this edition of the Comedy Quota, we'll have 40% Sean Finn. Better blue, yes. And 60% Tanya Lee Davis. I will kick your asses! Providing 100% honesty or your bribe money back. Covering our quota of homegrown comedy this week is a second-generation scouse comedian. Sean Finn has been in comedy since birth, being the son of local legend Mickey Finn. Having made his own name on the circuit, we invited the next generation of local laughs onto the show. It's our pleasure to welcome into the comedy bunker, uh, Sean Finn. Uh, welcome to the to the bunker. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. It's a very nice bunker. Well, you know, I like to like <laughs> keep it small and cosy. So you know, you've you've been in uh, comedy for how long then? Uh, it's about since the mid nineties, sixteen. I think sixteen years now. Uh, and uh, you're also a second generation uh, comedian. I know they said wrestler then. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> so, tell, tell us a bit about your history in, in that sense. Then, what did your dad do? Or uh, no, it mum? no, it's no, it's actually my dad. Uh, sort of a, le- a legend in the city but I've never when you see people talk about him they always talk about him in all but to me he's my dad and I've never seen it at that but no he's Mickey Finn he's been uh, doing this for 40 years and uh, still, he's still working now yeah. he's, he's still working now yeah is there any rivalry between you and your dad or no no I mean it's 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 funny the way our conversations changed in, in years you know it used to be like how are you and all that now mm. where are you Friday where are you it's like who'd you get that booking off who'd you get you know like <laughs> so, how was your crowd how was your crowd you know but I've done a lot of work with him as well recently um, which has been quite cool because I do I do look up to me dad even though I'm, I'm bigger than him <laughs> is there a lot of pride from your dad as well is it, is it have you had that bonding moment where he's gone I love you son uh, well, but not in a, a Cockney accent. Not obviously. in a Cockney accent, but in a, in a little Scotty Road accent, yeah. But <laughs> um, no, he's yeah, he's done that. It's it's nice, you know, when he when he tells me that I've done well and he you know he's happy with the job I've done. So mm. that to me is better than winning anything really, because that's you know, he's, at the end of the day, he's not only me, me dad. Uh, I'm not going to get too soppy, but he's my idol as well. Mm. So you know, to get the um, a praise off any one of your peers mm. is is quite cool. But when it's your, when your father in the same profession, it's. Uh, Really special. I'm still waiting for mine. <laughs> <laughs> so where, where did where did you where did you first start out? Can you remember your first gig? My first gig was um, across the road, St George's Hall. Uh, it was for a Sefton Compact graduation ceremony, um, and I was in, 
I don't really get nervous when I'm performing, except when I'm with my dad. And he happened to be one of the people presenting the awards that night, so he was sitting directly in the front row centre with the mayor and uh, <laughs> other celebrities, and yeah, I was a little bit nervous tonight, but I got through it, and it was quite quite good as well. Got a £10 WH Smith gift voucher, so... <laughs> Is that how they used to pay back in the day? Probably, yeah, yes. <laughs> and I've probably got any books, just a load of wrestling magazines, if you know me. Hey, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, how's it progressed since then? You've obviously been doing it 16 years. What have been the highs and lows for you uh, during that, that time? Uh, say highs, basically, it's just... You know, the last sort of five years where I've just got me sort of head down and going towards it because I've been doing it a long time, but it's always been drips and drabs. It's never been a full solid motion where I've like been gigging quite a lot. Mm. But the last five years have been really good, and I've, you know, I've got to a, I've gone down. So even though I still do um, a lot of the mainstream and variety shows, mm. I do a lot of alternative as well. And I like some, you know, rawhide, rawhide, raw. And um, you know, I had the chance to, two years ago done the the King Gong at the Comedy Store in London. Mm. I came second. I was quite happy. I thought I was just going to go stand on the stage for about ten seconds and get gonged off. But it was, yeah, but it was it was nice to last the uh, five minutes. And uh, Jim Jeffries was the MC that night, and he was very uh, complimentary towards Great. me at the end. I had a nice chat with him. So stuff like that, you know, is is really good. And any any of the times I've been up to Edinburgh as well, because that's like the mecca yeah. place hey. to get to. So for people who haven't seen you before, um, you're talking about doing alternative and, and doing um, sort of more mainstream stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. what would, how would you describe your sort of comedy sort of voice? Um, I'd say it. there's not much difference in the... If you see me sort of like it in the social clubs with with father or like doing these shows, one night for you to go around with Ian Power doing, um, it's just basically it's more sort of gag based. Even though I do my material that you can see in, in the clubs as well, uh, but I just say accentuate me, me accent and me voices a little bit more yeah. to make it more sort of light entertainment but if you see me in the uh, uh, in the likes of sort of rawhide or anywhere like that uh, or, or for more I'm, I'm more say raw than <laughs> you mean rude yes yes a bit of blue a bit of blue yeah a bit of blue yes uh, it, which, which do you prefer or is it is it similar you know, I'd, 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 I mean any any time I'm up on I mean there is a any time I'm up on the stage perform, no matter what, it's to me it's a drug, it's a passion. Um, so any win or lose, I love doing it. Um, I prefer sort of the alternative side of it mm. because it would have felt it's, it's a lot easier to do that than the mainstream because the mainstream, I think you really have to um, say really think about that because if you're working in a social club with people who aren't of your so to speak, demographic, yeah. your age demographic, then you've got to work harder to, to please them, basically. Who do, you, who do you look up to? Obviously, your dad, we've said that yeah. before. What comedians do you like to watch now? Um, I'd say, I mean, there's been some, uh, I mean, I've obviously grown up in the business, so I've, I've, I've been fortunate enough to see the likes of um, uh, Liverpool legends like uh, Eddie Flanagan, Jackie Hamilton, Stevie Fay. A lot of the younger people might know them, but the parents will mm. get to perform um, now with... Um, Frankie Allen and Pauline Daniels, uh, which is you know real cool. Um, but as, as far as the the, the current crop, uh, I do like Keith Carter. Mm. I think he's good as as a, as a scouser. John John Bishop. Um, I really like Rod Gilbert, and um, at the moment uh, Jack Whitehall. Was there any any sort of local comedians, young up and coming comedians that you you could you think we should keep an eye out for that you've worked with? Um, I always I always say likes of uh, Adam Stoughton, uh, Liam Bolton. Um, I think that they got. I've seen uh, Liam come on in leaps and bounds. Oh, and he's just so funny. And he, even off stage, I mean, we sort of we live not far from each other, so we, we kind of bump each to each other on the bus, which is quite funny. And he just starts talking, and I've shared a, 
uh, a bed next to him in Edinburgh and woke up with <laughs> and woke up with his foot in my pillow every morning and Is that a euphemism? Well no. <laughs> Fair enough. I tried to close the curtain but I couldn't his foot wouldn't his foot wouldn't allow it, you see. So. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Not a problem, thank you. Cheers, Sean. So check out Sean on his Facebook page or his uh, MySpace page, just Google him, and you'll be able to find out a bit, a bit about his dad as well um, on there. Although having a comedian on the show who's only three foot six helps us meet our quotas, the main reason we got Tanya Lee Davis on the show is because she's really funny. Back over here after a one-woman show in Vegas, Tanya Lee will once again be gracing the Laughter House and Slug and Lettuce on the 24th and 25th of June. Before hitting the stage, we managed to get a few words about Vegas, TV exposure, public transport, and of course, comedy. Uh, welcome on to the show, uh, Tanya Lee Davis. Uh, thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, a female comedian, um, everything else that, that goes on in your life. Uh, well, I'm uh, born in Canada, uh, raised in Canada. I lived in Las Vegas, and for the last year, uh, 18 years, I've been coming back and forth to the UK, touring from top to bottom. Oh, and I happen to be three foot six inches tall. So where, where did where did you where did you first start? Out? Yeah, I'd never been to a comedy club before, and he said, "Come watch me. I'm doing an open mic night." And when I went down there, he was so bad. He was it was just atrocious to watch him. <laughs> For whatever reason, I knew what he was doing wrong, so I thought, "Hey, that's what I want to do." And so he kind of was like, "Oh, fine. Here's a book. Write the material." And about a month later, I, my first time on stage, I did really well. Yeah. And then they asked me to come back the next week, and my family showed up, and everybody, and I pretty much died on my ass. <laughs> I think that's the way that it works for most comedians, isn't it? The first gig, first few gigs are, are sort of terrible, and then yeah, the people who persist carry on and get a career out of it. Right, right, yeah. Within about three months, I was getting paid and asked, yeah, being asked to do paid gigs and stuff. So I kind of knew I was on the right track. Once once I got in there, I was hooked. What, what do you see? There's the differences between sort of stand up um, over over the pond, as it were, in in Canada and the U.S. to doing it in Britain. Well, I think audiences tend to be a little bit more conservative in Canada. They're a little bit more politically correct. Uh, not so much in America. They like kind of humor that's almost really dumbed down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, with British audiences, what I really like about British audiences is that um, they don't care what you've been on, whether you've been on telly or, what, uh, or whatever. They want you to be funny now. Like, that's <laughs> there's no introduction about you may have seen her or him on this and this and this which is all about, you know, hype in America. Yeah. Here it's just be funny now or we will chuck stuff at you. <laughs> <laughs> Make me laugh. Uh, yeah. You do you do um, Liverpool quite regularly. Well, when you're over here, you, you always tend to come into the Laughter House. Um, yeah. um, there's been sort of surveys done that says that the, um, the Liverpool crowd is the hardest to work. What, how, how do you find Liverpool? I, Liverpool is one of my favourite cities to perform in, actually. I find the people, the farther north I go, the better the audience is, <laughs> essentially. And, and, and just... Um, I know Scousers get a bad rap and stuff, but I've always really enjoyed myself. It's the only city where people have actually dared to heckle me, too, which is, which is <laughs> interesting. But I've been able to take them on, and, and it just adds to the show. But I just I find people, uh, they're just really up for a good time. They don't mind when you take the piss out of them. They enjoy it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I've always, I think the room's very, very well run, uh, the Slaughterhouse and uh, the Slug and Lettuce. Mm. And, um, you know, they just, they know how to put on a good show and 
Yeah. Yeah, you, you talked about being heckled there. Um, you are a, a bit different as a, a comedian because um, you are Canadian uh, <laughs> over here. Uh, and uh, you're also three foot six. Um, has that been any difference to how funny you've been or sort of how people perceive you? Well, I think, I mean, it's definitely a hook. Um, I think because my act is so much about me and my life and all this kind of stuff that I really... Um, I can work almost anywhere. Like it, it sort of crosses gender barriers, racial barriers, geographic barriers, because I talk about me and everybody's sort of intrigued about, it's like that voyeur aspect of, wow, what's your life really like and how do you function? And people get all sort of, oh, I couldn't imagine being in your situation. Uh, yet I come out there being like, I'm loving this. This is so much fun. I have a great time. <laughs> You know, my life is very exciting, and it kind of puts people like, oh, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't feel sorry for her. And I like that aspect because it's like I'm, I'm nothing but positive, and I, I wouldn't change things for the world. I'm, I have a very exciting life, and I get to go all over the world, and I like to share my adventures, uh, on, you know, on yeah. stage. Yeah, well, you, you, um, one of the things that I've, I saw on um, online about you as well, uh, about you saying you not, never want to change anything, uh, you, you had recently had a run-in with um, buses over here, didn't you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Do you want to tell us about that experience? It's been going on for quite some time. It's just I never noticed it up in Scotland before. Uh, Edinburgh, I've, I've done, you know, a number of festivals, but I've always sort of stayed in the city centre. Last August, yeah. I was staying with some mates down in Leith, and so it's quite a bit of a, you know, a, a journey down Leith Walk. So, you know, I've, of course, been out with my mates drinking until uh, wee hours in the morning. It was about 4 o'clock in the morning. I was on <laughs> Princess Street waiting for the bus to arrive sitting on my three-wheel, very small mobility scooter, which is, you know, yeah. the, the smaller than most baby prams. And the bus pulled up, and even though they're all wheelchair accessible, they have quite a large wheelchair accessible space. Yeah. Because I have a mobility scooter, it's not considered a wheelchair, so it's not umbrellaed under the same disability discrimination law. And so the bus driver refused to let me on. And from that point on, it's like they radioed ahead or they radioed, you know, basically loading yeah. Bus lines has an absolute ban against anybody in a mobility wheelchair. Uh, oh, pardon me, a mobility scooter. <laughs> I want to get some sort of bit of celebrity underneath me so I can sort of bust this wide open and and yeah. really sort of make a campaign and 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 have it so that uh, the smaller scooters are categorized similar to wheelchairs because uh, you know I have limited. Or I have, you know, I have mobility, but it's slightly limited to longer journeys, so yeah. I don't need to be confined to a wheelchair. I just need something to get me from point A to point B, and the scooter doesn't. But Well, with, with celebrity endorsement, we're, that's why we're here. Uh, I'll find somebody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see I, you know, yeah, I just, I need some help, kind of. But, you know, people just don't care if it doesn't affect them. Yeah. Get some more TV exposure than you know, and doing interviews and letting getting the word out. I hope to reach the. Well, if we, if we can help in any way, we'll we'll do that. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> that's okay. You've been doing a run in Vegas, um, so that's that is playing anywhere virtually. If you can play Vegas, uh, yeah. what, what, What's what's that been like? Is it because yeah, all I know from there is like you know Tom Jones doing huge runs and being booked in there for years and years. And uh, is it the same for comedians? Once you're in, once you're in there, then it's a not a free ride, but. It's a, it's a nice life. Well, um, it, it is if you were of higher status. <laughs> I happen <laughs> to be, I've been very fortunate. I mean, I uh, started six months ago, and I kind of did a six-month run just to see how it would go. I got offered a very 
uh, amazing theater, a very small theater, but in a really crappy hotel <laughs> off the strip. And it used to be back in the day, you would start off at a small theater, and then the bigger casinos would be scouting for entertainment, and they would sort of offer you a deal at one of their other properties, mm. maybe a little bit more high profile. But Las Vegas has been hit so badly with the economy that hotels are not searching for entertainment. They're looking for sort of a you know, uh, whatever's cheaper. And, yeah. and the way that if they do have a room that comes available now, you have to like sort of, it's called four-walling, which is essentially renting. It's like doing a fringe show in Edinburgh. You Oof. have to rent the space, but you obviously your ticket sales have to cover yeah. what, you know. And right now, I for six months, I haven't made one single penny off my show. So essentially, it's like doing a fringe show. I mean, the reviews have been phenomenal. I'm number 10 out of 465 shows to see on TripAdvisor, uh, which is huge, which means my reviews are great. It's just, just getting the people off the strip to the small, crappy little casino, the Clarion. It's very difficult. We have no foot traffic and stuff. So, uh, and, and I love this show. It's it's different than my stand-up. It's my one-woman show. It's more theatrical. It's, um, is that Little Comedian, Big Laughs, that yes, one? Yeah. yeah. And... Um, you know, it's got. I've got a set. I've got writing cues, sound cues, and it. I just. It's really like a fringe show, which it, they're not as um, one-person shows are not as popular in America. They, they right. you know. So for me to do this and the people, I have quite a good following in Las Vegas. Um, the people that have seen my stand-up and then have seen this show really, they really appreciate it because it's more, far more intimate and, you know. And it's it's, yeah. it's a great show. It's just unfortunate I can't really make any money, so that's why I've. Is it? Is it? Is it the same thing over over here as it is over there? Um, over there as it is over here. Sorry, um, that you know it, it's great getting critical reviews, but if you're not if you're not seen on like Michael McIntyre's Comedy Roadshow, yeah. then nobody will come. And exactly. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. You need some TV exposure, basically, to really boost. Yeah, boost your exposure. You, so, what, what's the show like now? What, not not the one woman show, but like what are you, what's your stand up um, like now? You're, gonna, you're coming to the Laughter House. Yeah. Uh, on the 25th and the 26th. Um, yeah. So what, what can people expect to come and see you? Oh, well, I expect to laugh. Uh, <laughs> except, uh, yeah, well, I, I've been able to incorporate a couple of things from my one-woman show into my stand-up, which I like just to change it up for me. And, um, you know, just, yeah, just me being ballsy and out there and letting people know how it is and mm. see life through my eyes and... And what, what, who's, who's inspired you in, in through your career? Because must, there mustn't be that many. Uh, I can't think of anybody who would be similar to you. Uh, yeah, no, uh, people. I, I get asked that question a lot, and I and I really I don't watch a lot of comedians. Mm. Um, I ne I mean, I love the energy of Robin Williams and like Steve Martin. I loved those guys. And I loved comedy, but I, I really don't study comedians or other you know comedy yeah. because I just I know what I do, and I just do what comes naturally to me. And yeah. I, because I just, I'm for fear of like repeating or, you know, doing other people's material or, or, you know, just that similarity thing. I just, I like being me. And, yeah. and so far, you know, I've started 21 years ago. And for the most part, um, you know, it's it hasn't fun. steered me wrong. I think yeah. if you just go with what you feel is right. And uh, because I've got something unique to bring to the table, mm. you know, I just have to hold true to that. Are you going to be doing Edinburgh again soon? Um, I won't be doing it this year because I couldn't make the commitment. Um, yeah. You know, with the Vegas show, yeah. uh, next year is a, a pretty good possibility. I've been asked to do a play, and the, and the lead character was written sort of uh, inspired by me, which is great. Uh, and it was written uh, by a, a Scottish comedian named Parrot, who oh, yeah. used to be quite big, yeah, in the scene. And 
Yeah, um, so I think, you know, with him and I, if we do the play and then we would each do our sort of our individual either stand-up and one-person shows as well, I'm really leaning towards uh, trying to get that going for next year because um, I, I would love to do more acting stuff, and I think that would be a really great showcase for me. So point I can weasel my way in there. Yeah. But, uh, what, what about TV over here as well? Are you, are you, are you uh, trying to get onto stuff like Mock the Week and all the kind of panel shows, or are you more well, focusing think- more on the... Yeah, I think um, my manager, we would just had a conversation. That's why I'm thinking I may end up uh, coming over over to the UK for longer uh, spurts of time is so that I can be submitted for those type of shows. Yeah. Right now, I usually come over for about a month at a time. But right. uh, I'm thinking perhaps the new year, I may come over for maybe three months in a row kind of thing. and, and uh, it makes it easier for them to... Yeah, like, make it you. easier and try to forge my way through here. Uh, a little so, better. So, what's what's the ambition then? Is it is it to have your own show on BBC or and and or is it more? Do you, do you actually focus to go into more acting sort of stuff and think it's sort of comedy acting? Yeah, I would love to be on a TV show. It doesn't have to be my show, but I would love <laughs> to be part of an ensemble cast. Uh, yeah. You know, something where I play a really sort of bossy, take charge kind of person. I don't want anything like real, you know, worthy or you know. Ooh, Look at me! I'm, that's just not who I am. So, yeah. uh, you know, I yeah, I'm definitely am uh, looking for more acting gigs. I, and I, I would love to get one of those Michael McIntyre type shows, uh, road show. I just uh, the people behind the scenes they know who I am, but they're just refusing to give me a shot. I know uh, one of the big men behind the scenes. I was recommended by somebody quite high up, and he yeah. went back to that person and said, "Can you recommend somebody that's not a dwarf?" So it's kind of like well, maybe if you've actually seen me perform live, you'd change your mind. But they have this thing that their perception is, you know, oh, mm. either we'll look bad for showing her, or she'll make herself look bad. And it's like you have no idea what I can do. <laughs> I have a great following, and I'm going to rock the crap out of that show. So, yeah. you know, it's just those people. They just don't want to take a chance yeah. yet everybody's like, oh, we're really inclusive and we want people that are different, but they really don't. Like, when, it, when it comes down to it, it's a different yeah. matter. Is it, is it, is it, do you find that kind of cliqueiness when it comes to TV, that the, there is sort of like, you know, I, I, I seem to think that some of the people that get onto Michael McIntyre's uh, shows, or the BBC shows, they tend to be from the same agencies. And, yep, oh, definitely. Yeah, that's a, that plays a big part, because, of course, then it just... Uh, my, you know, they got money coming in from every avenue there, so it's, it's more yeah. beneficial for them to book their own acts. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely a hindrance, and, uh, you know, I'm quite happy where I am with the uh, agent that I'm with, uh, but, uh, you know, she's not super high profile, but, you know, I I, I love the security and the support that I get, and yeah. I, I do get, um, you know, she books my diary, and right now that's, I'm not going anywhere, but I, I really wish, you know, that I could be seen by yeah. sort of the masses, but, well, it seems like this, this is, my time will come. <laughs> so, what's, what's your fun, fun, uh, most fondest memory of doing stand-up so far? Then, your happy, happiest moment, your funniest moment, oh, favorite oh moment. Oh gosh! Oh, I had an interesting actually. Last Friday, I was in Glasgow, and I was working the Stand Comedy Club, and they have one in Edinburgh, and they have one in the st- uh, in Glasgow, yeah. and both venues are absolutely phenomenal, and they, they literally are like my favorite club in the entire world. So, you know, there's quite a rivalry between Glasgow and Edinburgh. And I was in Mm. Glasgow, and I said, as I was closing my set, I had a fabulous set. As I was closing my set, I said, the Stan Comedy Club is my favorite in the world, here and in Edinburgh. And I guess (laughs) because I speak 
fairly quickly. Yeah. They kind of heard me say here in Edinburgh, and I said <laughs> here and Edinburgh, and the entire audience just started booing me. <laughs> and because I knew what I said, I kind of was like, what the hell? And and then somebody said, you said Edinburgh, and I said here in Edinburgh, you asshole. And I just, I just turned, like I went after the audience, I was like, but I will kick your asses, and I got all uh, Glaswegian and started spitting on people, and, and just threatened to kick everybody's ass, and it was fun, it turned around very quickly back to, you know, in favor of me, but it was, I've never challenged an entire audience before, let alone Glaswegians, which is, I was quite proud of myself. <laughs> Fantastic. Tanya Lee, thanks a lot. Oh, my pleasure. Cheers. Thanks for thinking of me. Alright, talk to you soon. So, Bye-bye. Bye. So once again, a big thank you for Tanya Lee Davis for coming on the show. Check her out at tanyaleedavis.com and uh, we'll see you all in two weeks' time uh, with more of the same. The Liverpool Comedy Quota was written and produced by Che Burnley with additional material from Phil Chapman and thanks to Lisa Morris.